Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get our lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash presale to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games, exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6. No refunds. I just want to go on a rant here quickly. Yeah, do it up. I'm still not over this. How did John Tortorella not start Roberto Luongo in the Heritage Indoor-Outdoor Classic? Because he's like, an asshole. Seriously, how did he not start the one guy of all people on that team? That deserved to be the starter. He had special gear made up. And I mean, sure, so did Eddie Lack. But Roberto Luongo was the man they were paying. They're still paying him. And they decided to start the other guy in arguably the biggest marketed game. One of the biggest marketed games of the team's history. No, 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 no. We're going to go with Eddie Lack. Well, the guy was fire. Eddie Lack was hot. <laughs> it was so it came down. So this all just came out in the the wash recently. Oh. And this uh, this is all hard hard fact. Oh. Um. So first off, uh, Tortorella has poor fashion sense, and he believed that Eddie Lack's setup was better than Lou's. That's trash, and you know it. Oh, I know it. I know it. But I'm just talking about I'm talking about torts. Did torts? The second the second problem was yeah. This has all been verified. Okay. <laughs> Top-notch verification. I mean, I've known you long the, enough. The second you. source was that Tortorella was indeed a fan of tacos. Yeah, so everybody gave, is, though. So he gave the start to Eddie Lack. That's garbage. I'm just saying, I just delivered the news. That's all. Taco That's all. I can't about a that. big mistake. Hey, <laughs> he said, he said, let's talk about you getting the start, Lou. I'm, I I'm not your friend. I can't, I, I can't deal with that. It just, it still bugs me. And I'm I'm still not over it, and it makes me mad. Maybe we should uh, just talk about this uh, episode 15. I'm literally got. firing both of you from this podcast. <laughs> Does he have authority to do that? I'm not your friend anymore. Here comes the rocket from center. Crosses the blue line. Moves it on goal. Shoots. He scores. Henrik scores. Henrik Sedin on the power play, and it's three nothing. Stenberg. With the power play goal, one second left in the penalty. It was the power play which ended up costing the Vancouver Canucks. Pass the puck to Hamhuis, who shoots and scores! Oh, Dan Hamhuis, Canucks are four for five on the power play, and they lead five to two. Bessler scores! What a pass! It's an eight-game point streak for Brock Besser, and the Canucks have scored on their last three power plays. It's four-nothing. Hey Canuck fans, welcome to episode 15 of the PP1 podcast. I'm back, Braden Ursel, your host this week. And I'm with my guy, Ryan Hank. Howdy. And Ted Wong. Boom. Who is a five-time Kelowna snowball fighting champion. You, just it, defended the belt once again. How'd I, it go? I just don't, I don't know how you keep digging this shit up on me, Brady. I, 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 uh, I, it's, the, it's the mix, it's the secret sauce. You gotta have that right kind of kind of powder it's not the champagne powder it's uh it's about getting your hands really wet before you make the snowball it's borderline ice ball yeah. uh the competitors don't know when it smashes them in the face it's how she goes 
Well, I wanted to get some uh, deeper information, so I actually sat down with Will Ferrell from the movie Elf, and uh, the guy can throw a snowball pretty fast. And he told me uh, you taught him a thing or two, actually. <laughs> well, there, there you go. He wasn't supposed to say anything, uh, so I'm a little shocked that you had the conversation with Will. I got connections, what can I say? Yeah. Your wife posted on Instagram the faces of your kids after they got hit in the face with snowballs. Who are you beating? Just yeah. them? Those kids deserved it. They did. Slow mo. <laughs> Ouch. Were they grounded? Yeah, by snowballs. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, I was away. I uh, got tickets. I won tickets from Canucks Speakeasy Podcast with uh, nice. Doug and Pete to the Burroughs game. Uh, what a game to win tickets to. Uh, I was a little disappointed I couldn't be back here to talk about it, so I do want to talk about it just a little bit. Uh, Burroughs Night was pretty incredible live. Um, no I've been to over 20 Canucks games, and I can easily say that was the best game I've been to. Just the atmosphere was unreal. Really? The uh, best game? Yeah. Like, really? And I've seen some good games. But uh, you know, being there live for the whole you know, Burroughs speech and then... And then Roussel comes out and scores. There's just, there's just, there was some crazy energy in that building, and it was, it was nice. It was a good treat hanging out with the, uh, the guys from the, uh, the podcast there as Watching well. Watching Ottawa as the best game. Huh. <laughs> I've <laughs> seen Ottawa play too. It was not the best game. Like, well, you, know podcast, the crazy... you mean the, you mean the boys at Speakeasy? Yeah, Speakeasy. Yeah, That's awesome. Cousins. So yeah, a bunch of cool dudes down there. It was really nice to them too. Yeah, I feel like, uh, I feel like I've gained some lifelong friends there. So. That's really touching. Yeah, it was good, good, good time. Excellent. So, yeah. So yeah, two games since then. Uh, we played the Buffalo Sabers, a oh, 6-5 barn burner. Yeah, and I, I then, wanted to uh, burn the barn down after that game. <laughs> I did not want to see any more of that kind of. Oh, I keep man, I so keep fun, doing this thing. It was fun. I keep doing this thing this year, you guys, where we got like a good two or three goal lead, and I say something about like that, and I jinx it every time. Okay, well there you go, people. It's Brady's fault that that happens. Yeah. That's so fair. next time you're gonna put the brakes on the mouth there. Yeah, I will. That's fair. Absolutely. I had no idea it was your fault, so thanks for coming clean on that. I had to. Yeah, it just back and forth, back and forth. I did call that though in the pregame. You yeah. should be reading these yeah. pregame articles, um, everybody. Nice work there. There's right. a bunch of good ones, but uh, I was looking at Buffalo and Vancouver's uh, statistics going into their last five games. And both of them were allowing a ton of goals. <laughs> and they were also scoring a ton of goals. So it wasn't that much of a surprise. It is a bit of a shocker that they continue to get these kinds of leads and then blow them and then somehow manage to win it in the end. I mean, I'm all for two points. I prefer them to be a little bit, uh, a little bit easier than the way they're going about it. Yeah. Ain't nobody playing defense in that game. It was a ton of fun to watch. Oh, it was, yeah. So, it was. so yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was great. It was the second best part of that game. Yeah. First part was pretty obvious how mad Eichel was. That was yeah. freaking oh, hilarious. Yeah. Like, he's standing out there after that. <laughs> yeah, After that, gar like, what was it, garbage uh. call? But they score a goal. It leads to a power play. They go back down the other direction. They get scored on. Yeah. And, like, him hanging out there after the ice during the celly, like, if I stay here long enough, they're going to call it back. Yeah. It's going to do anything. Maybe they'll change their minds. Yeah, I'm going to try to mean mug the rest. Like, kid, yeah. they're not even looking at you, bro. Yeah. Got so, yeah. <laughs> that was pretty good. Maybe step aside. <laughs> I actually saw a tweet where a guy, like, made a gif of that face that Eichel made. And it was captioned, like, the face you make when Miller scores in overtime. All I could think of, I saw that caption. I thought all I could think of was, like, what somebody uh, should have pinned to this was face like that. Face like that. Yeah. Oh, man. But with a face like that, 
Um, yeah, how could you go wrong, right? It's a crazy <laughs> goal. My jaw was dropping after He's that goal. It was quite the snipe. Today, folks. <laughs> Oh well, whatever. Who cares? But I uh, forgot to mention in the intro, we have a very special guest for episode 15. It's Canuck Clay. We're excited to have him. He's going to be on the show soon in about half hour's time. So. All we're going to have is haikus for the entire interview. We're just going to talk in haikus for at least a half an hour. Well, I got some brushing up to do then because I got a, a long history well, of not writing and reading haikus. Why don't so you, why don't Ryan, Ryan, <laughs> you take the floor long. now and show us your best haiku. How about that? Oh. <laughs> this, we, we've got better content. Okay, so why don't we talk about the least game then? Yeah, let's talk about things that are better. <laughs> yeah, let's jump yeah. into the least game. A uh, little disappointing. 4-1 loss. Uh, Brock Besser can't seem to shoot the puck. No, he can shoot the puck. He can't score, he can't score. the puck. Yeah. You could put, there was a joke about it. There was a GoFundMe last night mm. to you know, buy him a goal. And um, they raised enough money and it still didn't go in the net. <laughs> Like, I, un, unreal. How does that guy, and I mean... Yeah, some breakaways, he, too. Oh, yeah. and they were gorgeous. And yeah. he just, like, you felt bad for him. At a certain point, you just thought, not, not as night. Not going to happen. So when we look back at that game, I, I still feel like he was one of our better players in that game. Oh, he had yeah. a ton of shots. He had a great he, game. I think he had nine smart. on net. I think he had, I think he could have very easily had a, a hat trick in that game. Well, on a breakaway alone. Well, when you have three break breakaways, yeah. I mean, you can have three goals. But right? Freddie Anderson was was large and in charge in that game, and I know that he plays a ton for Toronto, and that team is not very good based on what that roster looks like. Mm. And I'm pretty sure that he owns every, all but one point for that team. Yeah, I don't even collected. So I don't think there's been a regulation win for the backups, has it? Yeah, he's he's Freddie. It's Freddie or bust for those yeah. guys, right? He's there's like, no way that he's going to collect. 96 of a possible 97 points for them to make the playoffs, so they got to like, figure that shit out. It's like that first year uh, Roberto Luongo came to the Canucks, he played 76 games. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. insane. He lost the Vezina <laughs> to, to Marty that year. Did yeah, because yeah. he actually broke the winning record, which was 47. Yeah. But uh, I think he got to 47, and the other one was 46. But then Marty got 49. It was like, oh, are you yeah. serious? The oh. same year, like two yeah. goalies break the record? When Solani, you kidding? It's like when Solani and McGillney both had, uh, you know, of course, of all yeah. years, they both score 76. Solani yeah. gets in his rookie, and McGillney goes and puts up a 76. And that's the year Potvin's a rookie, too. And yeah. he had an unreal rookie year. I'm like, I wonder seriously, if... this guy has to upstage this guy? So yeah, this, game was, this game was a, it was a fun, another fun game to watch. Two, two back-to-back. I think yeah. that's been JT the theme. There's something about yeah, that's the... That's been uh... the theme like, the last couple of years is how bad these teams were. But this last couple of years, it's like winning or losing, for the most part... The, the the games are, are fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I can I can get on board with that. I think we were like handled, I think, for the most part by the mm-hmm. Leafs. Um and we got some good looks and they got some good looks, but they just weighed way more of their chances than we did. So So whose yeah. rebuild is over? Is it the Leafs? That was the point I was gonna get into that <laughs> IMAC thing, right? What? You guys see that too? Well it looks like the rebuild like give me a break guy. When one of them's always mm-hmm. a cup, then we can talk. If not, yeah. we're still a work in progress. Did you guys see that one tweet? I think it was Drancer or something, or maybe it was an extension of Drancer's tweet. But it was like something to do with Matthews talking about comparing the teams and how similar mm. they are. Yeah. The and uh, then there was a tweet like, "Yeah, we're similar," like because you know you got forty million in four players, and we got sixteen million dollars in guys like Roberto Luongo, Louis Erickson, Brandon Sutter, and Jay Beagle. It's kind of the same. Thing. It's yeah, kind of, kind of the same thing. Right? Could, could we somehow 
engineer like the most expensive fourth line in hockey right now? Well, Detroit probably the most do. Expensive goalies. I would. I put money on it that we have the most expensive fourth line. But if it ever gets put together, we could have the. You most mean of all time? So no, 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 no. Just current. Well, I mean, it could be all time. Who, 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 who am I kidding? I mean, <laughs> I if, if you're gonna pair Louis <laughs> with Sutter. And well, it's probably looking like Furlan's not gonna play again. Yeah, that's but not um, but we'll that would have been a lot of time. dough on. I mean, that's we're talking like you know, fourteen million sitting on one line there possibly. Eagle so. or thing, yeah. Well, yeah, you got four point, yeah, yeah. You got about yeah six plus four plus yeah. That's, about, think, that's about fourteen million. So that, that line though, do you think that line would make more money than Subban, Subban, and Subban? It depends on which <laughs> what Subban, Subban we talk about. about. I sent you that tweet that night when when that. Do you remember that year that Vancouver signed Subban and Weber? Yeah, that was sweet. Yeah, <laughs> was the big, that was the big thing in the province. I think it was like Canucks signed Subban and Weber, and they yeah. were like the yeah, other one, yeah, the other one, yeah, <laughs> Weber and Jordan's. I think they spelled yeah. their names wrong. Or Jordan, Brad, Jordan, Jordan. They, we got Brad Richardson. Yeah. And kind of the was, same thing yeah. with Ben too, right? Like Ben's been like that's no knock on Ben. Ben's been great for us, but it's still no he's still no Jamie. Jamie Ben or Jordy Ben? <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're, they were still out to lunch on who who's getting that one. But yeah, I mean that that I, I couldn't believe it. Our our PVR So yeah, crashed. explain you should probably explain what you're talking about. So yeah, about. okay. So our PVR crashed uh Two days ago, so I had to watch the game on my laptop last like night. Like an animal. I like. I felt like I was slumming it, folks. And um, so I'm, I'm sitting there and just having some dinner as well. Uh, wife was doing her, uh, I don't know, reading or I don't know, some, something more educated than what I was doing. And uh, so I'm watching. I looked and I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Did I just see Verbata? Horvat and was it Stanton? And then there was a <laughs> yeah. Subban. It was Subban, Subban, Stanton. Subban, yes. And then or Weber was on there, number six, Pepper. Like they're going through and then Subban, Subban. I'm like, no, 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 no. I got to rewind this and go back. And not thinking that, hey, I have a phone. I could have just taken a picture of that. Yeah. I'm still learning technology. <laughs> so I go back and I'm thinking like, I can't have been the only one that saw this. And of mm-hmm. course it took off like wildfire. And, uh, that for whatever reason, Sportsnet blew a tire on their uh, yeah. their um, their graphics for this I got... opening uh, lines, and I mean, probably one of my favorite moments of the season. <laughs> like it was just you kind of it was just so bad it was perfect, and it was yeah. like you almost want to frame that as like a poster, and you know, maybe they should put that up in the dressing room in uh, the Canucks locker room, and be like, guys, <laughs> you know, do we want to be the current team or do we want to strive to be the Subban 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 team? You know, I like the Subban family and everything, but I, I, I just don't know if we can get it done with a bunch of Subans. Well, one's a goal. Um, and, and where I'm going with that, you guys, uh, I'm pretty sure both Jordy Ben, yeah, Jordy Ben. Jordy. The one that's here. Bearded yeah, Ben. Mm-hmm. And Tyler Myers, the goal scorer against Buffalo. Oh, yeah. Both, both have more points than P.K. Subban. <laughs> yeah, that's a shame. That's crazy to me, really. But- Isn't that insane? Yeah. Nine million dollar player, and he's got five points in the <clears throat> thirty games. I don't, I don't know how. What is going on in New Jersey? Yeah, I don't, I don't know how, how to trade for a him. player of that skill level. <laughs> I know, right? Cratered so fast, uh, and I haven't watched enough New Jersey games to know well, if that's though. like the real deal or not. But Whoa. <laughs> shots fired. <laughs> he might um, not be wrong. But yeah, it's not. I mean, a, a guy of that skill level, whether he's overpaid at nine million or not. To walk away with only you know a handful of points, yeah, is uh, 
it's it's craziness, absolutely. Well, and I mean, you look at the talent on that team. You got, I mean, Jack Hughes isn't absolutely tearing it up, but he's not having a terrible season. Isn't he hurt? You got, uh, no, Hughes, no. no. Um, Hisher is, you know, he's still on that team, and they've got a guy like uh, Damon Severson, who I would love to see in a Vancouver Canucks uniform for him, going to Rocket Shout Out. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it it is kind of surprising. I mean, you do see this with some of these star guys, and you know, Subban hasn't been the greatest defenseman of all time. I mean, he definitely has faults in his game like a lot of guys do. But, um, you know, it, it sucks to see because, you know, his value, if they were to, to move him, if that was the way, or maybe they don't move him and move someone else like Taylor Hall, um, you know, it really goes to show, like, you can fall off sometimes pretty quickly in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think... You know what? You're forever going to have, like, a soft spot in your in your heart for adding former Rockets to the squad, too. So for Oh, sure. I personally will. Yeah. I mean, Tyler Myers, it's... it's Adler? I mean, the guy did win the Calder Trophy, so it's not like, you know, he's not like a whatever. Like, he, there is skill there, and unfortunately it's taken a while to see yeah. it. But well, You know, he won the the Calder in Buffalo in his first season, and it, it, was, sure it was, I remember watching that when he scored that shorthanded goal on the rush. Yeah. Uh, what, against Buffalo. What a goal, too. Yeah. It was like directly in the center of the net. Like he's like yeah, he actually you scored. Can't miss that. But uh, unless you're Brock Besser, I was wondering if you were going to say anything about that. But yeah, you but it was know. like it was like yeah, he was like right at the goalie. Yeah. And, but anyway, it was like he came full circle. And I, you know, it was 30 games to see him score, but it was still nice that he did it against Buffalo. You know, and he got up the ice in a hurry. Yeah, and that's two the strides, one, man. That is two strides. Literally two giant. <laughs> one from strides. one blue line to the other. Yeah. 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 But, you know, that is the one thing that uh, you know. Know, Tyler Myers has been consistent at is his speed mm-hmm. and even I remember watching him in Kelowna um, I had come back we were living in Vancouver at the time and we came back and I told my dad I said I need to see this Tyler Myers kid play I said I gotta see what the hype is all about mm-hmm. and I mean seeing that guy you know three rows from the glass watching him skate in junior I thought there's no way a big guy like that can skate as fast as he could I think the Rockets got shellac like 6-1 that night but I mean, he looked impressive. And he still looks impressive. The statistics aren't exactly there to back up. Yeah, it's been about it's been about the eyeball test for Tyler Myers. I feel like his whole career, other than that one season that he had in Buffalo, right? It's been like, yeah. wow. I mean, even right now, geez, he looks good. Like, I yeah. can't believe how fast he is. Like, it's, it's amazing that crazy reach that he's got. And he looks so good with the puck. But he's mm-hmm. almost like, it's almost like we critique him for the same reasons that we critique Jake Furtanen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, all, all the tools doesn't quite have the toolbox kind of thing. And I yeah. know that's just a hard thing to say for a defenseman that makes a bunch of money and should be playing. Carries them around a reusable bag. Yeah, top top four minutes on our squad. Yeah. But, yeah, it was good to see him step up and play well against Buffalo. Just like in this Toronto game, it was really good to see Levo step yeah. up and play good against his former team. And, it's and guys are always going to have that stuff, And he right? did that last year, too. Yeah, so you're right. He did. I forgot he, about he that. He had a big game. I think, was it uh, the shootout winner or whatever he got last year? There's, I don't know what it is, and I know everybody, when you play against your former team, you want to kind of stick it to them for, you know, getting rid of you, and I don't know, it just, for whatever reason, when it's the Canucks, it always seems to happen, good or bad, I suppose. Brady, we're on our, our weekly, it seems like, Levo update with you. Where are yeah. you on the, on the sliding scale? Wait, is just Josh wait, Levo? should we just do dudes and guys right now and get it over with? Because I, I, I think that's where this is leading to. I got an announcement, you guys. <laughs> Brady Nursel has an announcement for the Vancouver Canucks. Josh Levo is a dude. <laughs> My God, is he a dude. Five goals in the last five games. I can't believe I've been so blind. It's, it's crazy. You, I feel like I've let you guys down. You've seen the light. It's crazy where all the scoring has come from between between Levo and Pearson. Yeah. I'll just Levo at that. 
He's not even a dad and he's hitting these puns. Oh, man. <laughs> Up top. Impressive. But that, that definitely my dude of the week. I had to take it. I think you guys were going to make me take that one. I, you know, there was no way out of that. So. You know what? For the last week, all I like every little Lebo thing, I'm just like, if he, he has to pick him. Like, he has to see what's going on. He has to come full circle. And you have. I'm very impressed. I'm very impressed. <laughs> so if we're doing dudes and guys earlier, I'm, yeah. I'm going to take... I'm going to take my man Hughes as, dude, as dude of the week. Uh, I think he was integral for that goal that was scored uh, last night by Levo. Uh, I don't think he collected any points on it, but he was the guy that walked the line, and he was walking the line in Johnny Cash all night. Um, it's, it's, it's insane how much better that team is when he's on the ice. I saw some quick stat. Um, uh, I can't remember. I think it was Patterson posted it. And shots, four shots against when Levo's on the ice were like 14 nothing. So wow, like, I think I heard something about that. Just yeah, lots. so the guy is like off the chain right now, and I think I was talking to a buddy too. I think it's this is the first time in in I don't know maybe ever that we have players on the squad that are capable of winning a scoring title, a Norris Trophy, rookie. Uh, an MVP, yeah. Rookie of the Year. Like sky's the limit. Seriously, we have players with that skill. Whether that comes to fruition or not, that's yeah. a whole other story. The potential's there. But yeah, man, it's 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 insane how good he really is, and I don't think we're almost caught off guard, like almost Sedine wise, when we see them do things like that, because like these are our guys, and we see it all the time. So Toronto, Toronto had a treat last night watching Jack Hughes if they were able, or Quinn Hughes if they were able to stay up late. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> one of the seven o'clock start. Could you imagine? <laughs> For I, once, I, we I, were the center yeah, of the yeah. universe. Well, because the center of the universe was, was here visiting. Yeah, yeah. exactly. They, maybe they got like some special time pause. But they didn't, they yeah, they didn't get their special four o'clock start like they always do. It's so weird, it was nice. Sure. It was really nice. I was. Just, I remember turning it on. It was like, ah, I love that it's 10, 10 p.m. in Toronto right now. Yes, it's my normal. <laughs> I hope we put them to sleep. But they put feel? us to sleep. Yeah. So. so my dude of the week, I really wanted to pick Brock Besser. I think had he uh, capitalized. I like that pick, though, yeah. I, I mean, it's a good pick, but it's not my pick. My pick is the rooster, Antoine, oh, yeah. Antoine Roussel. I was saying it and before he came back. I knew there was going to be that charge in there. I didn't know it was going to be this impressive. Mm -hmm. um, the guy has three goals in his last three games. I mean, one and two, and then he was uh, shut out last game against Toronto. But my goodness, the goals that he scored and just the timeliness of them and the impact of how he's been, he's, he has that energy that everybody's been saying was going to come back. I was confident he would have that same energy coming back. Mm -hmm. And it's nice to have, like, it's an addition. It's a trade you didn't make. It's a signing that you didn't have to make. You didn't lose anybody to get him. He just got healthy. You just gained him. And you get, like, you know, it's absolutely amazing. I I hope that uh, it translates again tomorrow. Carolina always seems to be a team that the Canucks uh, randomly have some really impressive games uh, against, and uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets back on the score sheet. So, yeah, Antoine Roussel, my D-U-D -E of the week. Yeah, Plus as we're talking about... As we're talking about... D-U-D-E. I, I can spell, I promise. D-O-O-D. That works, too. <laughs> <laughs> and as we're talking about uh, the Carolina Hurricanes, I'll switch over to the guys part of the segment, and my guy has got to be Michael Furland. Comes back, he looks good. He was hitting hard, and he was like six hits his first game back, and then you know one more game, and he's out with an upper body injury. There's some good news there. Apparently, it's not a concussion. But yeah, dude, you're my you're my guy of the week, man. And further to that, it sounds like it's not a new concussion, but there's there was some talk that it might be kind of a carryover, that there might be 
I don't know what the word is, but we'll call it tremors, I suppose. Trauma, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. That's kind of, uh, you know, recurred or yep. re... There's a word that people know what I'm trying to say, and that's what it is. We got the point, the point yeah. is, I think we, we talked about this when we heard that he was coming back, and we mm-hmm. knew that he had a concussion, that we just hope he's not coming back too early. Yeah. And I don't know how, <clears throat> especially if you have a history of concussions and a player like Furlan, how you can come back after like three weeks or a month, and it's going to be good. Like mm-hmm. I, I would always be weary on something like that, and I tweeted last night, like... We're at that point now with Ferland where every time he's going to leave the game with some sort of an injury, and it looks like a head trauma, yeah. Oh, yeah. that we're just thinking to ourselves and we're all asking that question, is, is, this the, is this the one that ends his career? Is this the one that makes him call it quits? So, right. and, and I think we're all there. We're all asking that question now, and obviously we're just really worried about his, his well-being. Yeah. So I know he's not Sidney Crosby, but do you suggest like we take the Sidney Crosby approach with the uh, Michael Ferland situation? Just keep him right out. Just keep him out for like a whole year. I think for the benefit of the human being, I think that you need to take that approach. Whether he's whether he's okay to give that or not, it's almost like having a a ring guy, right? When you have a boxer who's getting absolutely shit kicked in the ring and is never going to throw in the towel, your trainer has to know the difference and what's better for you in the long run to throw the towel in for you, and that might piss the man off. But it's really for your own well being. It's tough because we we know one coach that's that's shown the white towel before. We all remember that one. Yes. Yeah, and then look what happened after that. <laughs> they got kicked in the final. <laughs> yeah. So, uh... Yeah, guys of the week, you guys. Who's for, up? For, I'll, I'll take one. Yeah. Um, low-hanging fruit, and you're probably going to get mad at me, but uh, Louis Erickson. Everybody else <laughs> seems to have stepped up in the last week, and Louis has He been sat down. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Louis Erickson, I mean, it. like I said, it's low-hanging fruit. I There's nothing good there, nothing really terrible, but it seems like everybody stepped up their game and he's just kind of taking shifts and is there, he there's playing? nothing, that, yeah, there's nothing that really is surprising out there. He's, I mean, he's doing his defensive, he's doing his little things, you know, as well as that can, but mm-hmm. I mean, again, if we have to go back to it, like there's a lot of guys that are doing something that are making a lot less money than he is. Um, and even if you take the money out of it, he's just... He's not playing as well. I think he's going to be gone. Uh, maybe. And, but, you know, there's... You look who comes... Roussel comes back. Even Furland came back and had an impact right away. Oh, for sure. So, I mean, if you're looking at guys that, you know, play one game and, you know, we talk about Furland, you know, going back on potentially IR, I hope not. But, uh, I mean, the guy <laughs> comes back and plays one game and all of a sudden he's making impact. Well, that's what you want to see. Louis Erickson's been hanging around for, what is he, at 17 games this season. And... Uh, one point. He, it's a goal, and I mean, we were all excited, and half the city probably had drunk off of that goal. But that's it. That is absolutely it. So my guy, Louis. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a great pick. I don't know what else you can say about that. I think whenever we're looking for a guy of the week, and we can't think of anybody, it's probably going to be Louis. And I, I don't know how you get around I that. Get, I get the easy one this week. Sorry. Yeah, I don't know how you get around that. Um, my guy of the week. I just feel like I haven't noticed Tim Schaller in weeks. Yeah, dude, for sure, 100%. Yeah. I liked his game, though, against, um, was it Buffalo or Toronto? I thought he, he's been noticeable, but, I mean, statistically, statistically I'm going to disagree not. with you on that. Yeah, yeah I just, But you have an opinion. So yeah, sure. Disagree. My opinion yeah. is just like, uh, I mean, I don't hate what he's doing, but I don't like what he's doing. Yeah. Like, he's kind of just out there. He's he's like a, 
he's like replacement level. Do you know what I mean? Like he's like he, Louis Erickson. Yeah, he's he's hanging in there. He 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 skates. So he doesn't really make a ton of mistakes, but he doesn't really do anything to impact the game either. And I guess maybe it was a bit of a tease what we saw at the start of the year, what Schaller was mm -hmm. doing, kind of proving us all wrong. And I would just like him to. I would like to see him get back to that level a little bit, where he's making more of an effort to impact the game on a shift to shift basis. Do you think he needs to maybe be? I mean, just for the sake of the roster right now and all the kind of turnover that's going on, do you think that maybe you know you healthy scratch him for? A little bit and kind of let him see like hey man like things are going on we need you to take a break yeah, and see what's going on and when they inject him back in that's when you see that spark again i think you could maybe give that a chance i know we just called up uh, zach McEwen. yeah uh maybe throw zach McEwen in over tim Schaller, but yeah. i'm not throwing erickson in over the in over him but yeah. like, like like ted was saying um you know he's extremely streaky i think he must be probably the most streaky canuck there is Next uh, he didn't even get going last year until like the last couple yeah. games of the season. And then he kind of he comes rushing out the gate this year. Yeah. And now he's back to his old ways. So yeah. Schaller, yeah. how about Schaller is nothing. Yeah. yeah, I think the, the thing that saves him from getting the healthy scratch is that he's been solid defensively. So yeah. if that wavers at any point, then I'm 100% on board with sticking a guy like Zach McEwen in yeah. there who, 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 who does give up something defensively compared to Tim Schaller. But yeah, you're right. Not for the reason of, hey, you're doing a shit job, but hey, recognize it. You're not moving yeah. the needle either way. At, at, yeah. at any moment, somebody can step up and... Take this away from you. So. Yeah, and that's going to be happening soon. With the like, hopefully getting in a healthy roster coming. Yeah, I out. think it has to. Uh, right. I think uh, our boy Brandon Sutter is going to be back hopefully tomorrow against Carolina. But guys, we got about ten minutes uh, to talk still. I don't know what you guys want to jump into next here. Um, why don't we talk about the All Star voting that uh, I believe has that's opened fun. up People at like this that. point? Um, I was actually I had to listen to last week's episode because I was driving back. It from, was great. Uh, it's probably our best episode. Can we? <laughs> <laughs> can we? Yeah. Can we vote for John Scott? Is there, he, no. he doesn't play anymore. Well, there's a vote for Lucic thing, which is pretty funny. Is you, there actually? Is he yeah, the new if, vote for Rory? If you've got to the point where you're getting, oh, where you're getting gimme votes, then... Bust uh, out your vote for Rory t-shirts. Well, yeah. But listening to the episode last week, I noticed... Uh, I've noticed in previous weeks that Ted's been pretty high on Quinn Hughes. Like, we all, we've all been really happy with Quinn Hughes. Um, and he thought, you know, Quinn Hughes is going to be that guy for us that uh, makes it to the All-Star game. And, you know, they try to kind of pick one guy from each team, maybe, maybe two... Um, but say the Canucks could only take one guy, mm -hmm. uh, Ted, why do you think it's Quinn Hughes? Or is it? Uh, or well, is it Quinn if Hughes? I'm the guy that's got to stand on, stand on Hughes as the dude I'm taking, then I'm, I'm going to say that he's doing unprecedented things at, at a D level, um, especially for the type of game that he plays. I think him and Kale McCarr are locks to make it. Um, I think the rest of the league has taken notice, um, you know, in addition to the fact of how much they're playing on the power play. Um, and how well their game works from a defensive standpoint as well. So uh, I like the idea of you know us getting a Canuck in there as a rookie into the mm -hmm. All-Star game and probably Calder voting three years in a row. Yeah. Who knows, maybe we can get that four years in a row. Um, I, th I think there's a real chance that it can be Hughes. Do I think he's going to be the only guy? No, unless there's some kind of injury that happens, we're going to see some other Canucks in this game. Uh, but he's he's my dude. I think like this is the year for this, these young defensemen to step up and just sort of take over things. Yeah, and I mean, you have a tough time when you got to pick between one between Hughes and Petey. I mean, yeah, as a Canucks fan, we we, we would want both of them. There. Tough choice, and, eh? Oh no! So I gave Not Hughes to, to that Ted. Guy, yeah. Yeah. Ryan. Yeah. Why would you like to see Elias Pettersson in the All Star game over you, Queens? You just you just assume that's who I'm going to pick. First of all, I'm going to add one more comment to your amazing argument. If Quinn Hughes does make it, which is entirely possible, 
and Kale McCarr is healthy, that, that is, one. is going to be an absolute gong show of a defensive pair. Wouldn't that be fun? Oh my goodness. But wouldn't it be I divisional would... though? Pardon me? Wouldn't it be divisional though? Is Isn't Colorado in our divisional still? They're central. Are they now? Yeah. Oh. And, and we just... got it, we got Arizona instead. Oh yeah. who do they got? <laughs> let's let's get back to my all-star pick then. I take that back. Oh, that's yeah, it would have been a spicy dish though. It would have been a spicy dish. One day, dish. folks. Maybe we'll maybe we'll trade for him. Um <laughs> Yeah, we'll trade uh, Hughes for him. You know what? <laughs> it's it's I don't know how you make it a difficult decision to to not pick Elias Peterson. The guy is having another impressive season. He isn't scoring at a toward pace, but he's setting up pretty much everything left, right, and center. He is definitely going to finish. I think he's going to finish top 10 in scoring the season. He won't win the, the Art Ross by any means, but he's definitely on pace in the next couple seasons to challenge for that. Um, Elias Pedersen is definitely our, you know, he's our, what is he not, our top point getter yep. for the Canucks. 33 points. 33 points. He is just, he's been, I mean, he's quietly having as ridiculous of a season as he had last year. Um, less goals, but I mean, he still has 12. He's uh, just second to JT Miller. Besser's right behind that. But uh, it's all the, you know, Pedersen does all the little things, I think, you know, tenfold. At a big level. At a, at a way, yeah, at a way bigger. Like, there's just so many things. Like, you forget that he's doing all these things. And even the way he styles his hair, man, it's just, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's unreal. Gonna, the way he holds the line looks cool. Yeah. There's a, there, they, they, they had that. He just doesn't have a quit. There is no quit in him. No. He always, him and Hughes, just watching those, you're right, hold the line. It's absolutely amazing to watch how that puck stays in the zone. It's, uh, I mean, it's Elias Pedersen. What's not to like? Yeah, exactly right. So who are you picking? Who's your... Uh, well, those are the two guys. The best two. Of course. So we're going to talk about JT Miller. He's being good an, this year. Being an all-star. And I will say, I, I don't think he gets nominated without Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes. But he, in my opinion, he's been the MVP of the Canucks and most consistent Canuck. Um, but yeah, you, you got to consider him in the voting this year. You, for you sure. could argue him. I mean, even if he wasn't on that line, he's doing things on other lines too that yeah. gets himself noticed. <laughs> but I think with the JT Miller thing, it's kind of like the Chris Kunitz, uh, Sidney Crosby effect, in my opinion. Like, I don't think Miller goes unless he's going with Pedersen or Hughes. Mm. Like, could you imagine Hughes? Like, could you imagine Miller being the only guy of the Canucks that went? Well, that that goes back to the the Hughes thing where we're talking about right, right. whether there's some sort of injury or something like that. Yeah, I can. You're right. I, yeah, I agree. But he he deserves a look for sure. Yeah, I could see a scenario where it's um, Pedersen and Miller, mm-hmm. or Pedersen and Hughes. Um, but to yeah, get, I, see, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. But yeah, I mean it's possible. I mean, in the All Star game is kind of you know you look at the Pro Bowl and look how many guys end up going to the Pro Bowl because you know either guys decline to go or they're in the Super Bowl or something. So sometimes, as great as it is. You know, you might be going because you're the third guy in line. So, yeah. So, I mean, as a Canucks fan, if all three were there, I'm ecstatic. Even, well, just, even it's punters playing the Pro Bowl. Pardon me? Even punters playing the Pro Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly, right? That's, that's, but it's crazy sure. to think that with JT Miller, we've gone from him being coming in as a secondary scorer to a core player of this team, and now we're talking about him being an NHL all-star. So talk about a home run for the Canucks. No, he's, he's, he really has exceeded all expectations, and I think he's even. I mean, the pace that he's on right now is far exceeds his career best. So uh, 
if, if that's where we're headed with JT Miller, then that's great. I'm on board with that. I can get on that train. All right, guys, we've called Clay, and he's ready to talk to us. Cannot Clay. Clay Emo, how's it going? I'm great, brothers. How are you? Excellent. Excellent. We're hanging in there. We just wrapped up the first half of our episode, um, dedicated this back half to you, man. So we're excited to talk, talk uh, Canuck Clay and a little bit about uh, what's going on with the Canucks' current time. Hey, it's Ryan from the PP1 Podcast on Cryer Media. If you're looking for a spot to advertise your company, your brand, your cheese wheel, some beer, maybe some donuts, this is the spot. Reach out to me via DM on Twitter or Instagram at always94, and I'd be more than happy to chat with you. Worst case scenario, we just become best friends. And how awesome does that sound? That sounds good. Let's go. Yeah, man. We're excited uh, to talk with you. We've been after you for a while now, and uh, we're excited to have you on the show. So uh, we know you've met Petey before, and uh, we just wanted, we want you to know to tell us about that situation and how that all went down with recording a song about him. Yeah, well, thanks, guys. As you know, um, part of my thing is I like to record these silly songs in my living room, and I find good-looking, more talented people than me to sing them. And so that's <laughs> the part for EUE. Yeah, so Marie and I did a song. We've done, actually, I've done about three dozen songs with the, before and with the Canucks, but the one we did was uh, about Elias Pedersen, of course, and it was uh, How Sweet It Is to Be Deep by You, Marvin Gaye's How Sweet It Is to Be Loved by You. Recorded that, and it got a bit of love, which was nice, and then they actually played it. Uh, for him on After Hours. Scott Oak was there. No oh, right, yeah. <laughs> I don't and remember they that. played it for him, and he said that he had seen it or some guys had, had shown it to him on Twitter and that he liked it. So, of course, that was already enough for Marie and me. We were very excited <laughs> that yeah. Elias Pedersen yeah, saw and acknowledged our song. And then I, um, to make a long story short, I was, spot, I, I was basically a guest of someone to go down to the All-Star game earlier this year in January 2019, in San Jose, and then at one of the after parties, which was part of our little uh, our deal there, um, I was just actually coming out of the restroom and I saw Derek Jory, who does a lot of the, the media for the Canucks, and yeah. he was walking with Patterson, and, and Derek and I know each other a little bit, so I just said to Derek, can you please introduce me um, to Elias, and he said, sure. And so this is the story, I walked up to Elias, I took, uh, took my hand, and uh, extended my hand, and I said, hi, I'm a big fan, I'm Clay, and, and he stopped me and he goes, I know who you are. Oh, no way. Yeah. So here's a 44-year-old man. I'm 24 years young, older than him, geeking out because this superstar, future superstar, knows me from a goofy three-minute song we made on YouTube. And that's, that's how I met him. And he was very gracious. I've, I've seen him at a couple other you know, charity things, the golf tournament. And he's, uh, he's very, very, um, very humble, very uh, affable, very likable, but also very competitive. I saw him at this golf tournament, and he was a... Uh, I won't say who he's playing with, but he was basically mad at one of his partners because he or she kept messing up. So, <laughs> wow. Oh man. Maybe I'll take up the PGA after the NHL. Man, it's not not <laughs> that uh, not that many people get to say when they meet Elias Pettersson that he knew who you were. Like that's crazy. Yeah, and I think and that was kind of the I like the humble brag. And you guys know a humble brag is always more about being braggy than a humble, right? But, it uh, is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You're doing great. Him. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> So I, but I, obviously I was thrilled to meet him. I, I posted a quick picture, uh, you know, on Twitter, and a couple of the news outlets back here picked it up. And I don't know if they translated the story that well because, it, and even uh, you know, the late and great Jason Bosford and Jeff Patterson made fun of me on one of the podcasts for oh. like, how is this a, uh, you know, how is this a story that you know one of the vloggers gets to meet one of the players? But the the cool the the cool 
part about it was that he indeed recognized me or at least acknowledged who I was. And that was that was cool for like a day or two. So that was nice. Yeah. Well, probably, probably more than a day or two. I'm yeah. just going to throw that out there. <laughs> well, you guys, one other funny story. I met Gary Bettman at the same party about an hour ago. I took a selfie with him. And I'm, <laughs> ashamed, to, I'm ashamed to say this, guys. He's taller than me. Oh, no. no. Oh. <laughs> Late breaking news. Does it, does it, do you get the, like, feeling standing next to Gary that it would be okay if you just stood on your tippy toes? <laughs> yeah, well, it was embarrassing, because I didn't know until I saw the picture later, and it looked like, um, I, I figured out, he's always standing next to guys on the ice who are on skates, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, if, yeah, it adds two or three inches, so, you know, he might be 5'8", five, 5'9", five, I tipped the scales at 5'6", so he did have a couple inches on me, which is embarrassing. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So yeah. Clay, you, you, you mentioned, uh, thanks, you, thanks for sharing that story for us, it was really cool. Um, we had all kind of wondered personally, but you mentioned that you wrote, like, you know, you write sort of silly songs about the Canucks, and, and although you say they're silly, we can tell that there's a level of quality there, but why don't you tell the people who don't know who you are, what some of the other things that you, uh, what you, are, what, that you do, and what else you're into these days? Awesome, no, I appreciate that. And you're talking about more than just the music, is that correct? Absolutely, the yeah. whole shebang. Okay, who is Clay Emo? I'm a longtime Canucks fan all 45 years of my life had great uh, memories of listening to uh, Jim Robson and Tom Larshide and me and my dad and my brother just listening to all the games on the radio right before they were all televised and then I became a season ticket holder in the the wonderful season of 2010-2011 so my first year that's a great year to be a season ticket holder yeah and they're seeing that President's Trophy winning team and going all the way to the cup final we know that story and then um, so I've been a season ticket holder for the past nine seasons but since then, I've been doing some music. Um, I've been doing some haiku, you know, the power of the 575. I know we're going to talk about that later. We should, and, yes. Yeah, and, and then the other thing I've been doing is, is building up my YouTube channel, guys. And that's where, you know, I know I've connected with all three of you before. And that's where um, I do daily vlogs, sometimes pre-game, sometimes post-game, sometimes uh, footage from the arena. And don't have the biggest following out there. There's some other guys doing some really good stuff who, who have uh, bigger followings. But I... I, I think one thing I am is consistent, and I, I um, as as much as I joke around about being the founder of this GLCPC, this good-looking Canucks Positivity Club, we can talk about that too. Um, I, I think that I understand the game well enough where, yeah, I, I come across a bit on the positive side, but I go to games, I understand the game, I played, you know, a very low level, just rec hockey, but I, I, I think that people trust what I have to say, um, and I think that's really important when, you, when you're genuine, when you're transparent, and when you... And when you, you share it from your heart, um, that's that's why I do it. It's not to get the most subscribers and the most views. And I, I, I appreciate the people that take time to watch that, uh, watch the videos, because they could be doing anything else with their time, right? So I, I am grateful to them that way. Yeah, I think the one neat thing about all these new podcasts and uh, YouTube channels and blogs and everything that's going on is everybody seems to have, um, you know, an opinion. Thankfully, there's a lot of educated opinions as well, because... Uh, um, even guys like me sometimes I put a lot of fluff out there, but it's kind of nice that we're all so passionate about something in there. Cause I mean, we've seen on Canucks Twitter, how, uh, how negative it can obviously be, but at the same time, it's such a massive community and everybody's, you know, offering their kind of two cents on it. And, you know, everybody's kind of, you know, you know, the likes and the shares and, you know, the promotion. And it's kind of cool to see that there's so much out there and yet, uh, we all get to kind of be a part of it as well. You know, I agree with you completely, and as I was telling you guys before you hit the record button, I, I've been listening to your stuff recently, and I appreciate what you guys are doing. And there's, it's hard, it's it's hard, and it's not right. There's a lot of, you could say, competition out there, in that there are a lot of podcasts. Yet there's space, there's room in this 
uh, you know, in, mm-hmm. in the cerebral sphere, so to speak, for all these podcasts. Because you guys have a voice, you have a good voice, a clear and articulate voice, and, and you are passionate fans, and there's nothing wrong with that. And as long as we as content creators don't get too caught up in the likes, the subscriptions, and the, the, the comments, if we're doing it because we want to do it, and no matter who's listening, uh, that's going to come out in the content, and I think that's the most important thing. Absolutely. That's uh, 100%. Yeah, I think there's a, a real appreciation, Clay, when, when you log on to YouTube and you, you load up a Clay video and then, you know, the first one that you see right now is, is you, you know, giving your takes just in your car. Uh, I mean, you're sitting out there, it's real, you're, you're a real guy, I think you come across as a real person, mm-hmm, people notice sure. that. I think, you know, us as the average listener, we, we appreciate that too. So um, it's, it's fun for me to watch and, you know, you mentioned that you say you, you, you have a couple of followers and you get a couple of views. But I mean, I'm looking at numbers here and we're seeing things like your High Hope song, 24K, uh, Horvat Magic, 12K in views, Sugar, that Maroon 5 track, 18K in views. I mean, you're getting some pretty serious traction and, and one of the ones that's really picking up fast is obviously the Canucks Bunch. Uh, I mean, 14K already since November. Um, and for the listeners who don't know about Canucks Bunch, maybe can you just share a little bit with us how that went down and what that's all about? Because that's a pretty cool story. Thank you, absolutely. We know that the Canucks are doing all these special team nights to celebrate their 50th season, and one of them was 70th night back at the start of November. They hosted the St. Louis Blues, and the Canucks, it's kind of cool, like one, once in a while I'll go to them and say, hey, do you, have a, do you have any appetite to collaborate? And all of our Christmas videos with them have come out that way, but this one, they actually approached me, which is kind of cool, and they said, hey, Clay, can you write a song? Yeah, can you write a song uh, spoofing the Brady Bunch, make it as close as you can to the original, and we're going to try and get some players to film this. So, um, I wrote it, Marie sang it, of course, because if I sang it, no one would watch it, and then my brother produced it, so it was, it was our, our trifecta of me, my brother Jason, and, and Marie, and we submitted a draft, they came back with a couple of back and forth, we submitted a final, and then they cut the video, so then we were out of the picture, they cut the video, and well, you know what's funny, guys, <laughs> is um, I, I'm, I'm way older than you guys, but do any of you guys remember the Brady Bunch at all? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah I mean, definitely before, I mean, definitely before our time, but watching it, it was it was on, you know, a fair amount, so yeah. All right, just making sure, just making sure. So, so people, like I'm 45, people my age and who remember the show, they they know that that, that, that video is supposed to be cringy, it's supposed to be goofy, why are these nine people looking around aimlessly, right, and, yeah. you know, in all these boxes? And I'd say the teenagers, man, the young adults who have never even heard of the Brady Bunch, they're probably wondering, what the heck is this? This is, you know, <laughs> I, I can't figure this out. But uh, apparently it was very well received in the, in the arena. I wasn't there that night, and it was certainly well received on social media. And I was very flattered that the team trusted me to, uh, to come up with this content for them. So they cut the video. All the, all the visuals is, is credit to them. But we provided the audio for that video. So, uh, just because I'm keeping score, a quick recap. So the Canucks reached out to you, yes. And when you went to go meet Petey, he knew who you were. Uh, yes, that's one way of putting it. Sure, you're, you're good. I, I gotta hire you as my hype man. Huh? Yeah, you're two for two. Go ahead, Ryan. I think you got a question. I was just gonna say, like, how how does that happen? That all of a sudden, I mean, just kind of a you know a feed off of that, Ted. How does that happen that you are kind of a go-to guy for the Vancouver Canucks? I mean, that, you know, even from, I, I have seen some of the, the other videos that you've done with them. I mean, that's just something like, 
you know, you could joke about it and think, oh, it was kind of fun. And most of us are thinking, like, how do I get into a Canucks Christmas video um, just randomly? Like, do I have to, like, who do I call? Like, how, what PR account do I have to start, you know, hounding? You know, do I have to hang out at, at the front door when uh, the door's open for the day at, you know, right. gate 16 or something? Like, what, what do I have to, or is it nine now, I guess? What do you have yeah. to do? Like, how does that happen? How... How did that connection really kind of, and maybe I'm just dumb and forgot, but how no, does no. that just come organically? Yeah, it's a, no, thanks. It's a good question, and it's not, that part I don't share a lot, right? But it, but it's nothing like secret or magic. I started doing these parody videos and these YouTube commentaries, not daily, but, you know, once every week or so, way back in 2011, and started to make these parody songs, and then I think I got on the Canucks radar a little bit, uh, 2013, 14, um, especially as the songs became more popular. And admittedly, guys, my YouTube channel blew up, uh, or got, didn't blow up, but it got more popular once I did the two Seahawks parody videos. They went back, back to oh, the rules, as you know, right. they won one, they lost one, mm-hmm. right? But that actually helped uh, build up my following a lot from that standpoint. It got Marie on the map a little bit more, and now she's completely blown that map up, as you guys know. But I think the Canucks, uh, through the songs and through my vlogging, I think there was a level of trust there. There, you know, it, it wasn't, I'm not the most talented guy ever, but I think they saw my heart. I think they saw my, my good intentions. They saw that, most of all, I'm a fan. You know, I wasn't going to trash the team. I don't trash the team, and I try and give honest takes, but I think there's a level of trust that goes both ways. And then when I went to them and said, hey, the very first Canucks Christmas song, uh, the video, I said, what would you think of this? They wrote back right away and said, yeah, let's do it. And that's basically that one we did about 2014, I think. That's so um, awesome. That's what started it off, yeah. That is so awesome. So Thank you. Clay, speaking of Marie Huey, she slayed yeah. the anthem last night. Oh, yeah. Does that mean you're warming up the pipes to get in there next? Is that is that you <laughs> that's going in there? You know, they'd have to um, have basically all, about 20,000 applicants say <clears throat> reject them before they went to me, for, I think. Uh, I, I'm not a singer. I That's why I have other people come in. But I, I was blessed to play the – here's another cool thing. I was blessed to play the organ – at a connect team, it was before the game, during you know, during wow. the warm up and stuff like that. But before puck drop, and then they booted me out of there. But you know, <laughs> even a simple thing like that, just to hang out and play two minutes of Beverly Hills Cop and Michael Jackson medleys on the organ, was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, I, my claim to fame was um, I saw Willie Mitchell at the Canucks store once. <laughs> <laughs> so really, it's almost the same thing. Because I mean, Did obviously, you talk to him? sorry. Did you talk to him? He was on his phone. <laughs> <laughs> So you, you and Marie are a bit of a dynamic duo here. Can you explain a little bit how um, your relationship with Homegirl goes and how you guys got going on making these videos and, and, and who she is a little bit? Absolutely. We met through our church community, actually, uh, a Catholic church that uh, we belong to, and it was through music there, actually. she was uh, I was one of the musicians. She was one of the singers, and that's how we first met. And then as we... She continued to develop music as a professional career. She traveled overseas and did that both on the side and now full time, which is which is awesome. And then I would always, you know, tinker around on the side, church stuff, weddings, funerals, whatever it may be. And then we would actually work together, you know, do a wedding here, a funeral there, whatever it may be. Always, you know, connecting as families, as friends, or whatever. And then when it came time to do, we did a couple Canucks ones. But like I said, it was actually the two Seahawks ones that that really um, uh, got us some notoriety, so to speak. And then we try and do two or three songs a year, sometimes on our own, like the PD one in my in my living room, and sometimes with the Canucks, such as you know the Christmas carols or or anything like that. 
Right. Well, that's pretty, cool. that's pretty cool. Uh, when you first said uh, that you met her at church, the first thing that popped in my head was, oh, well, you met her at the, the Church of Pedersen. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, that's, uh, that would be maybe a second favorite religion. How's that? Behind yeah, you? there you go. Um, but I just want to ask you this. Uh, I, get, I get down to about one or two games a year. I know you have season tickets, uh, yeah. but I had something in common. I was at the Burroughs game. You were there. I had an amazing time. Um, if there was one thing that kind of stood out to you that you enjoyed about that night the most, what was it? Yeah, great question, um, and I know you're down here, and I, I'm so glad that you got to experience that. It, it's two things really quickly to cheat. I'm always impressed, and I'm not just saying this because of, we just talked about it for the past 15 minutes, but I'm always impressed by how well the Canucks game presentation staff does. They do everything so well. Everything's so thoughtful, so intentional. Music, light, video, spotlight, uh, everything, right? Timing. So I was impressed by how well they did that, but really I was impressed with how well Burl spoke, and he was very... He was very raw, right? Like, it was, it was very honest. He didn't have a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. He wasn't reading a teleprompter. He stumbled because he was nervous. This and real, he got yeah. emotional at times. Talk about Luongo and Mason Raymond, of all people, right? But, right. But he, he kind of commanded the, the center ice there. And he was, he was interplay with his wife and his kids. I, I thought he was really soaking it up. And he was really owning the moment, so to speak. That's, that's what stood out to me. What about you, Brayden? What do you think? Uh, I don't know. Like, uh, you, gotta, you, you nailed it right there with the uh, the speech and everything, and just and being there at the game. I couldn't believe I won those tickets listening to another a podcast, the Canucks yeah. Canucks Speakies yeah. podcast, which was crazy. So I I couldn't believe that. That was an amazing time. Uh, and of course, also Roussel scoring like right out of the gate. That was like that was that reminded me of the Sidian night and how you know Sidian's final game. How it was just kind of like a storybook ending. It was kind of like a storybook game there for storybook yeah. kind of thing for Roussel scoring for Burroughs there, and so I really enjoyed that myself. Yeah, no, I agree with you completely. But I have to ask you uh, just kind of one follow-up question, I, and it got me thinking how Alex Burroughs is the newest uh, addition to the Ring of Honor. Um, who do you think will be the next uh, Canucks player that will be in the Ring of Honor? Oh, that is a really good question. We gotta, you guys help me out. Who's up there right now? There's Orland Kirkbach. There's Kirk McLean. Kirk Lumet. Orland. Lumet up there? Snaps is up there. Orland is up there. Burroughs is up there. Pat Quinn's up there. Right. Um, Snaps. But yeah, there's uh, there's a few options. I mean, there's there's got to be a couple more players even from the uh, 2011 Cup run. Um, yeah, no, that's true. And yeah, you make it, I just... Um, I know a lot of people on the radio were talking about Tony Tanti, right? The really good scorer mm-hmm. yeah. from from many years ago. You know, I've always liked Patrick Sundstrom, who was also part of that same team, but I don't think he did enough with the Canucks to, you know, when you compare to guys like, like you said, Kurtback, McLean, Gradeen, Snaps, Quinn, Owen, and Burroughs. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I don't, I just don't, I, the way Kester left, I don't think he, he'd be, you could argue he had just as, as big of an impact, but I simply don't see him up there. You know, I don't think David Booth's going to get, that's a joke. I don't think <laughs> What about Keith Ballard in a third? <laughs> yeah, there you go. The whole trade. Uh, Let's get all three. We can go up there together. Three. Mason, Raymond, Keith Ballard. Raymond Ballard in a third. Wouldn't that be something? All right, what about Roberto Luongo? Do you think he should be Ring of Honor, or do you think we should retire the number one? If I had to choose one of those, I would go Ring of Honor over My retire. Man. Like, yes. Yeah, you, you look at the with the city and the six guys that are out there. It'll be Smeal, Bure, Naslin, um, the Sedins. And uh, obviously, I'm missing one. Uh, yeah, there's six. There's going to be six. Well, yeah, Linden, of course, Linden. How embarrassing. Yeah. yeah. Smeal, Linden, Naslin, um, 
um, Biray and the Sedins. Yeah. I'm not sure Luongo belongs with those guys. Now, it's not because he didn't win a cup. None of those guys have won a cup but uh, with the Canucks. But I think, I, I don't know, maybe it's a tiny bit of, of the way he left, the way we're paying this cap recapture penalty. Or, But I, I think just overall, like Kurt, he's, he was kind of like Kirk McLean in this era, right? And he, mm-hmm. very good. Yeah. Maybe the, the best or second best, whichever way you want to go, goaltender we've ever had. But did he do enough? You know, he won a gold medal, but that's not with the Canucks. So I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't freak out if he made it to, uh, you know, his jersey retired. But I also think that the Ring of Honor would be just as appropriate. What do you guys think? I think Ring of Honor, personally, myself. Yeah. Uh, it's, there's there's six guys up there by the end of this season, and I honestly think you could take a couple down and put them in the Ring of Honor instead. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just can't, I can't st- uh, get my head around the idea of having, you know, six retired numbers and zero cups. Yeah, and then and then on the other hand, you look at storied franchises, but it's because they have cups, right? Like Montreal yeah. and Edmonton, and yeah, it's it's interesting. And peeps go there, and there's no numbers to wear. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got a pretty serious, real moment question for you. Uh oh. How yeah. many takes did it take for the whole family to get the bottle flip in unison? And was, <laughs> were they mad at you? I know my kids would be annoyed at me if I made them do that for a long time. <laughs> Oh, that's why. So you you must have saw that on Instagram or the, the Twitter a long time ago. Then I was I was rolling. I was doing some digging. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and for anyone who's not uh, not sure what he's talking about, yeah, we have a take where um, a video of me, uh, my two sons, and our good friend Dave, we all flip bottles at the same time onto our island in our kitchen, and they all landed simultaneously. I won't lie, because I'm a man of honor and man of truth. We had that video camera going for half an hour. Nice. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Nice. I did it twice at work, and I, I nailed it, and uh, no one was around to see it, so you're gonna so have to take happen, you're it? gonna have to take my word for it. But I told everybody about it. No, I, I believe that you. Well, you appreciate this, and it's one thing for one person to get it. It's another thing for two, and then three. But for four of us to do it at the same time, that's why. There was such elation, you know. We were making sounds that weren't humanly possible. We were hugging each other really hard. Yeah, it was, it was, it was exciting. It's one of those things that you'll cherish forever. Absolutely. And I got one more real serious question for you. Um, we know you're, you're, you and your family, you're, you're big bowlers. Yeah. Do you play better in regular, like day bowling, or are you better in laser bowling? Oh, great question. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Up until two years ago, man, I would say definitely the cosmic bowling would be fine. It doesn't throw me off. But now that I'm actually trying to get better and I'm actually looking at the arrows that are on the that are on the lane, I would definitely say that I, I like regular, normal sighted day bowling over the cosmic bowling for sure. Yeah, for sure. I think, I think everyone likes that, right? Um, but uh, I, I bowl better we, cosmically if I've had a few beers. Um, I, I bowl better in with normal lights if I'm sober. Um, yep. It's it's one of those weird things, and then I mean I'm not amazing, so I kind of bull average as a whole. Well, I said next time I'm up there in Kelowna, guys, we're gonna hit McCurry and we'll. Okay, we'll, we'll I'm 100 percent down. <laughs> Hundy P, in. you're gonna have to teach me a little bit, some tricks. Can I I'll pivot be, this conversation to talk about haikus, Clay? Can we do that? Of course. What do you want to know? Well, can educate me. Tell me about it. I want to know. All right. Haiku poem, uh, the most popular form is from Japanese culture. Emo, my last name, which you nailed. Good job, guys. Is uh, I'm half Japanese, half Chinese, so that's where my my culture comes from. But yeah, haiku is a Japanese poem, 17 syllables, five 
seven, five, three lines, five syllables, seven syllables, five syllables to make the 17. And my love for it actually, um, I've always liked them growing up, but I did a video way back in 2009. It's one of my very first YouTube videos and it was for a Canucks run contest. And we were named the ultimate Canucks family because of this goofy ultimate Canucks haiku um, video we made and you know Sean my son was only eight I think Jake was only six uh, Jake couldn't even speak English properly back then and we just made this video and it it, it, it got uh, some some good love on, on on YouTube back then and it helped us win this contest so since then and especially in the last year or two I've made it a part of my shtick is I ask people to submit haiku after every Canucks game and I just ask that they be 17 syllables and follow the proper form and then I award the best one the next day and then I'm going to throw everyone's name in the hat, do a random generator thing on, on, on the internet, and then someone's going to win a $100 gift card that I'll happily donate to them. I feel I was Thank roasted. I was roasted when you didn't pick mine, whatever game that was. I really thought <laughs> I had a good one. He was chapped. He was oh. hot, Clay. He was real hot. I'm going to have to go back and find out what I said exactly, he but I knew here. I was mad. He came in here, he threw his hat to the ground, he's stomping around. It was, I did. It was that, quite the scene. And that was days later. <laughs> he's been I practicing every day since. Was, but you know, that means you, you just gotta keep trying, man. When at first you don't succeed, you know what to do. That's, that's, that sounds it's, like uh, someone's like, just, uh, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe, uh, this might be kind of a tough question off the top of your head, but, uh, is there possibly a certain haiku that you've been sent in the past that sticks out as possibly the best Canucks haiku you've ever seen? Oh, well, great question. I don't know if it's the best, but one that's, memorable from that video actually there's two there's two from this video that i kind of mentioned this ultimate connect haiku and the first one i'm going to give you it doesn't even it's 17 syllables but it doesn't follow a, a proper 575 but i think it has a historical significance so here we go it's bingo bango bong go roberto luongo thank you mike keenan so uh, <laughs> uh, to tom larside and to mike keenan who obviously traded luongo for Bertuzzi and then you know that's from there that's awesome. Um, I'm going to throw one at you. This may be two on the spot. Um, All right. If you are gauging the current Canucks team, could you do an on-the-spot haiku for where the Canucks are at right now? All right, let's try this. Um, wow. A good October, not so good November, though. Straighten this thing out. Nice. Oh, nice. Man. Wow, that was fast. Ladies and gentlemen. He's like, got that written down. He's he's an ace, this one. <laughs> that basically, I mean, that's freestyle rapper stuff. Nice work. <laughs> well, yeah, you should see me. I'm dancing yeah. around my No mom's right spaghetti now. here. Okay, Clay, I got a quick question. Sure. Um, we're going back to regular Canucks talk. Does this right. team have the jam to make the playoffs? Do they have the jam? I, I believe they do. Um, I'm not guaranteeing anything, and it's not going to be easy. It, uh, and without using the qualifier of health, um, I do think that November was tough, not only because of their schedule, but they were missing five regular forwards mm -hmm. and two, their bottom two centers. And I, I don't think that could be understated. Yes, they were, until other went down, they were healthy on the blue line, which is good. But when you're losing uh, Beagle, Sutter, mm -hmm. and then Fruvin, Roussel, and Mott as, you know, bottom six wingers, but we've seen what Roussel can do yeah. uh, so far. Fruvin, you know, we hope he, he gets better quick. Mm -hmm. But... I just think the fact that you lose your bottom two centers, you have Gaudet um, trying to take draws and playing defense where he's simply not there yet, Horvat being overused once again. I, I just think the trickle-down effect was too much, and that's why we saw them, they had, they're having trouble scoring 5-on-5. Five five. We know that. We, that's why all their guys are minuses, because that's what how you count those stats. Mm -hmm. And I, 
we're, we're, we're blessed with such a good power play that's really kept us um, above water, so to speak. So, um, you know, big caveat, if they're healthy, yes. I do think we've seen enough of their, their strong play. You know, Miller's being a revelation. Quinn Hughes, you know, in the, running for the Calder Trophy. If Markstrom and Demko can pull their weight, you know, after a shaky couple weeks, I do think they have the jam to make it. I, I don't know if they end up making it, but I certainly think um, they have a chance. What do you guys think? Was that too optimistic, or what do you guys think? I don't know. It's pretty much a 50-50 split at this point. Uh, yeah. But the guys listen to me. Ted says I, I don't really pick sides sometimes. <laughs> so at the, at the end of the day, though, I think I think it's going to come down to maybe the last game of the season. Yeah. But yeah, it's pretty boring. I think they're like you said. There's uh, health. You know, we hate using that as a. Uh, the predictor, but if they are healthy, I think there is enough talent there that they can squeak in. Um, the goals, their goal scoring pace as a whole, has them uh, outpacing even their when they were killing it in the 2014-15 season. And oh, I wow. was just looking, and they, as many goals as they'll score this season, or they're on pace to, they would just miss the playoffs by two points, and yet mm-hmm. they'd outscore seven of the eight teams that make it. So I mean, well, if you look at both of those stats, <laughs> they should make it, but. Um, yeah, they, they are definitely on that fence, and uh, I mean, I'd like to see them get in there, and I know what that means for the pick and everything, but uh, yeah. I mean, I've lived in Vancouver when the, the run happened, working uh, back, well, we were all Jersey City guys yeah. um, back in the oh. day, and uh, I mean, working at the Guilford store when that whole run was going on, I mean, aside from the Olympics, those were probably two of my greatest Canuck memories, uh, and uh, I would love to be able to see what... Uh, the city's like again because I mean, we all long for it. It's uh, it's such yeah. a great feeling to watch. I mean, even if they're losing, but you get at least two more home games at the very least um, that actually mean something. And you're not you're not playing for goals. It's just you got to win the game. You go up you go up one game if you win. So it's uh, I, I think it's close, but you know we're gonna you know it's like, gonna be close. Like Bray sure. said, it might come down to the last game of the season. And we've all seen uh, teams like the LA Kings, and I'm not comparing us to that. But, uh, you know, the Kings ended up making it on the last game of the season in 2012, and uh, they ended up being one of the greatest playoff teams of all time. Yeah. So, a great point. And it, it's, so, it's so frustrating because we have not experienced a playoff game in four, now this coming on five seasons. And I think as soon as we get into that, that, uh, that mode, it, people are going to, they're, they're never going to want to go back, right? It's, no. it's just a, yeah. a simple, different feeling. And it, it, it's crazy, though, because, and I'm not sure we we're going to get to this, but um, even when the Caps were doing so well in October, you know, one of you guys talked about how social media can be so you know polarizing, divisive, and and it's funny. It's almost like there's a, a, a subsection of the, the Twitterverse that almost wants them not to do well. Like you, mm-hmm. it, you can't please them. It's so weird. Yeah, we're a funny it's bunch, so aren't we? Yeah, Canucks fans are funny. Uh, definitely lots of variety when it comes to us. But uh, I got kind of one last question for you from me anyways. I, I've been sure. noticing on social media a lot, uh, a lot of all-star voting uh, advertisements and stuff like that. So it kind of got us talking earlier in our episode. Uh, kind of a two-part question here for you. And I'll start it with, uh, one, how many Canucks do you think will make it to the all-star game and who will they be? And second, if only one, if you could only vote for one Vancouver Canuck, who would you vote for? Wow, that's a lot. Well, those are good. Those are good. If, uh, you know, using the the normal format of the 11, uh, whatever it is, uh, 10 skaters and two goalies, right? Is that yeah, what they I do? I think so, something like that. Yeah, so, you know, you're guaranteed one guy in. If you're really good, you get, like, four guys in that Tampa did that one year. Or, 
you know, I think Pedersen is in, and if, you could argue that there aren't a lot of strong defensemen in in uh, in the Pacific. You mm-hmm. could argue that Quinn Hughes has a shot. Yeah. Um, but as a rookie, I don't know. What, well, Bester made it as a rookie. As you know, J.T. Miller, I think there's a lot of forwards. As, as good as J.T. Miller has been, I don't think him or Bester would unseat like a lot of other good forwards that are, you know, you look at the two guys in Edmonton, just right off the bat, there's two spots right there gone, right? So so for Pacific Division, I see it. I'd love it to be two, and if it was two, it would be Pedersen and Hughes. But I, my, I have a feeling if the Canucks stay where they are, i.e. fourth or fifth in division, they might only get their one player. And then to to me it's to be Pedersen, and if, but if I love to see Hughes kind of continue on, you know, Besser did really well two years ago winning MVP. Pedersen he did okay, but I got to meet him, so that's okay in my books. And then uh, I love to see Quinn Hughes uh, make it three rookies in a row for us this year. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I, I could agree with you as well. Like Pedersen and Hughes are probably your go-to guys to vote for. Um, but we we mentioned a third name. That's J T. Miller. He's he's yeah. been up there as possibly maybe the MVP of this team so far this season. Do you think he gets maybe a look at for some voting? Yeah, I love him, and I think he's been like I said a revelation. He's been way better than we expected. He just needed that chance, right? The chance he wasn't getting in Tampa, and all good things. I just don't know, you guys, if he's gonna beat out six other forwards, especially if Pedersen's already on the team, like. You kind of you can kind of think you know that the two uh, Edmonton guys are going to make it. You know that there's going to be at least one forward from Arizona. Like who else do you bring from Arizona? Unless you bring one of their two goalies, I don't know, right? But they're doing well. Yeah. Um, and then uh, you know at least one or two Calgary forwards. So I think it I think it just fills out and that there's no Vegas and San Jose we haven't talked about yet. I just think it fills up really quickly. So uh, I wouldn't I don't think he's going to beat out Pedersen, but I I don't see two Canucks forwards on the team as much as I think Miller's doing great unless. You know, he blows up over the next uh, couple weeks or so. Like he is doing a point of game, which is outstanding. Yeah, he's yeah. Uh, he's he's still quietly doing all the amazing things we saw last year, just a few less goals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Clay. I think I've got you know one more thing for you, and then I think Ryan actually has something to share with you. Um, awesome. So we know about some cool stories from you. We've we've talked about the success on YouTube. Uh, you know, we know about your relationship with Maria Huey and all the work that you guys have done with the Canucks. I know about haikus now. Um, <laughs> we learned about your family and the bottle flips. Can you just take a minute to tell us what Clay's got going on and what's happening for you in the future? What can we look out for? Um, what do we have to be excited about? Oh, good. Well, thank you. I, I thank you guys for giving me this, this platform and just this opportunity to get to know you guys a bit better and, and, and support you guys. Uh, from, a, from a Canucks perspective, um, I think... Uh, I want to, you know, Marie and I have been tossed around the idea of doing a quick Christmas carol, but uh, if I don't do one with Marie, I, sometimes I bring in, I don't know if you've seen my other group, you want to bring in some friends of mine, including this, this foreign exchange student that we always put in our Christmas video. So, <laughs> Perfect. I, yes, I think we're going to do something for Christmas, whether it's with Marie or with, or with, with my with my friends, we'll see. Um, and from a Canucks standpoint, no, I, I'm going to be at the Sabines game for sure, uh, the retirement game, a few other games in the new year. And um, I want to continue to, uh, you know, uh, be able to support other content creators. I want to be able to continue creating my own content, whether it's music, blogs, or poetry, and simply just be at the games and and meeting a lot of people, which I really enjoy. And then uh, from a personal side, I'm going back to school. I'm doing a a master's online from a Catholic Catholic university uh, in the States. So that's been a big change for me, a 45-year-old man who hasn't written an exam in about 25 years, mm-hmm. so uh, that's, that's a big change for me, but um, 
yeah, just very blessed. Very blessed, you guys, to to meet guys like you, to to support and do goofy things for a hockey team that I love, a family that's uh, very supportive, allows me to do those kind of things, and a family that's uh, in their own right doing very well. Between my wife and our three children, my eldest just finished his uh, his first term at UBC Business School. So we're Amazing. and my second guy, as you know, is uh, the national bowling champion. He's the one that uh, wow. his back is sore from carrying me around the past couple of tournaments. So that's pretty fun. <laughs> very well said, Clay. Thanks. Thanks, guys. So, Clay, um, as far as college goes, uh, I mean, picking C works a lot. I, I have anxiety right now talking you, about you it. Can, you can just pick C and probably go 500 on that one. So, But that's coming That's coming from a guy that doesn't have his degree and just a diploma. So <laughs> maybe don't don't take too much uh, weight of that. Um, well, I got my final on Friday. I'll let you guys know how that goes. There you yeah. go. <laughs> Perfect. Just tweet, tweet out, like, I passed. So... Um, I've got two things. One, one question, then I'm going to finish up with uh, what I believe could be the greatest haiku um, today. Ever. Not ever, just I'm today. Sure. Just at I'm least sure till tomorrow. Okay. Till tomorrow's <laughs> game, anyway. Um, so you said you're going to the, the Sedine retirement game. And yeah. um, I think uh, a lot of Canucks Twitter knows about the clay jersey curse. So, is what jersey are you gonna wear to, or maybe like, are do you, if you've got both Sedins, is there one of them that you've worn and they lost and you need to kind of get some redemption for, or are you gonna just go off the board and uh, just wear somebody different just so you don't have to pick? Oh, uh, you, you, you that's good. You got me really good, actually. That was really fun. <laughs> uh, uh, again, for the listeners, thirty seconds. The clay jersey curse. Basically, the first few jerseys I bought with Canucks players, as soon as I bought it. They either uh, they didn't get hurt, but they got they weren't either good jerseys or they got traded or oh, they got no. moved or they or they left voluntarily. And then the last couple jerseys, um, it seemed like every time I bought a jersey, someone that player would get hurt. Um, whether it was a Horvat or a Pedersen or uh, even um, Earl Thomas from the Seattle Seahawks. But um, what we'll talk about for for this jersey. I only have a Henrik, I, my Daniel, and I'm not a jersey snob, but my Daniel uh, was given to me, and it's, it's one of those kind of knockoff ones. Yeah. So oh. I'd probably wear my Henrik one. I don't have any fear, though, of him getting injured unless he slips on the ice. Oh, God. I <laughs> or like a marathon is like is like post uh, post three hours or something. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I, I just jinx all his future athletic endeavors. But no, I will likely be wearing my Henrik. I've been wearing my black skate, my Hughes one. I think it looks sick. I've been wearing that a lot this season. But for that game, I'll definitely go with my Henrik because I don't have a proper Daniel. Good it's, choice, man. It's, it's a good choice yeah. regardless. Top notch. So, thank you, thank um, you. If, I, if I'm allowed to kind yeah, of close, close this out. Yeah, close it out, buddy. It's um, all you. This has been an absolute pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much. Um, you're an awesome guy. You're one of the good ones, as a lot of people have said. Um, you you kind of reach the the depths of Canucks Twitter and Canucks Nation. You seem to have your hand in a lot of things um, in a good way. Um, it's kind of nice to see somebody that, uh, you know, you're so positive, and I mean, it is so tough to be, especially with this team, and I've followed them, well, since the early 90s, but uh, for me, it's I've seen kind of the good and the bad, and um, doesn't matter what's going on, like, it's it's great to have uh, your pe- personality out there, and um, it's a breath of fresh air, because I think there's so much garbage out there, and, um, you know, you seem like a phenomenal person, and I can't wait to, we'll definitely enjoy uh, uh, knocking those pins down when you come. Um, what I, I guess... Just before you drop that, that haiku on me, and I want to... Oh, he's got me good. Uh, yeah, Ted and, and Ryan and Braden, all three of you, I want to thank you uh, not only for, for just uh, 
bringing me on, and I, I want to support you guys. And like I said, I'm going to share the heck out of this uh, this podcast, awesome. not for me, but for you guys. But um, I, I will say one other thing, just about that whole trying to bring fans together. Um, I was trading uh, messages with with the, one of the one of the vlog uh, bloggers who's quite popular and who comes um, who basically takes a, always a negative stance, and that's kind of his shtick. And he actually wrote to me really nice message actually a couple nights ago, just saying that. Uh, um, you know, uh, even all the quote negative guys uh, really appreciate your your content and your 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 attitude and your your perspective. So yeah, I, I say that it sounds like I'm bragging, but I I just wanted to lend credence to the fact that it, no matter if you're positive, negative, neutral, whatever, I think as long as you're transparent and you're not trying to put on a stick, and people will see through that, and they they can kind of get a taste of who you are, no matter how you are. I think that's the most important thing. So I, I really appreciate you uh, you guys bringing me on and, and letting me share today. It's, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you so much. So I'm going to close it out. I think this is a, a phenomenal way to close out this interview. Um, I, I showed both the guys, so I did get the, the green light. Uh, I'm going to throw down with, with my take on a haiku. Here we go. The Canucks are back. Thanks so much for hanging out, Clay. It might be over. Let's do this again. <laughs> Bravo! <laughs> Bravo! I'm taking a victory lap. That was amazing. I'm taking a victory lap. Mic drop. You know, if you if you put that in a tweet, I'm just gonna give you the win for the next game. Done. I'm in. <laughs> I feel like that's cheating, but I'll take it where I can get it. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Clay. As always, we appreciate your time, and we'll have you on again. We'll talk soon. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. God bless you. Okay, take right, care. Have a good one, Clay. Clay. Take care. So there it was, the interview with Canucks, Clay. What a great interview that was. What a nice guy. No yeah. kidding. Great dude. Like authentic, and that—that's the one thing I love is you know, when you're authentic, there's no we're not puffing chest or anything. It's just it's Canucks talk. It's having fun, and uh, clearly uh, we have somebody that we need to compete with for bowling. Yeah, it just seems like an all-around fun guy. Uh, that was a fun episode, but uh, yeah, we're we're running pretty long this one, so we should probably wrap it up. Uh, so once again, my name is Braden Ursel. I'm the host of the show, and you can find me on Twitter at bkursel23. And you can read my stuff at thecanuckway.com. And I also just joined Puck Pro. So check out my stuff there as well. That, uh, that is new news to me. Yeah. Um, you know me, Ryan. I always 94 um, on all of the, the major channels. Um, I'm not on Snapchat because I don't get it. Um, and I want to add one quick thing. The Canucks power play, 26.7. That's uh, fourth in the league. PK is 81%. They're 14th in the league. Holy, we we would not be the PP1 <laughs> podcast. See, I find ways to fit these in. We're just the one podcast. Just, uh, <laughs> yeah, just, we're just a, a podcast. Um, so now we know that. Um, and yeah, have a great week. Uh, feel free to interact with me. Uh, it seems like... Uh, even though we're mediocre as a as a as a team, uh, these podcasts have uh, been beyond mediocre. They've been a blast. Uh, yeah, Ted Wong. You can find me at T E E three R E E. That's T three. Uh, you know, armchair and quarterback, fantasy sports, real sports, hustle of both. I don't write for Canuck Way. I don't write for Canuck Army. I don't write for... Puck it? Pros. Puck Pros. That's yeah. the third one that I don't write for. Uh, so you can't find any of my stuff there, uh, but you can find my boys. But if you want to connect on Twitter, I'm there and I'm always down. Have you ever read Pro Stars, the serial though? Yeah, man. Did okay. you ever watch Pro Stars, the cartoon? Oh, I loved it. Man, I've been really into cereal lately. Like, oh, I was eating some Nesquik last night. Oh, man. <laughs> Wow, this took a turn. Okay. Have a great week, people. Talk to you later. People, yeah. Hi, I'm Matt Kundal, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the podcast about broadcast. 
Every week since 2016, we've been bringing on broadcast leaders to talk about their experiences in radio, what they've seen, and where they believe it is all going. If you live and love radio, subscribe to the Sound Off Podcast with Matt Kundal wherever you get your podcasts. It's your boy, Josh Elijah here, co-host of the Down by Two podcast and DB2Bets, which now drops every Friday. We wanted to break off a piece of that weekend action, so we decided to move our show over to Fridays. Now you might be asking yourself, what in the hell is even DB2Bets? Daddy, chill. What the hell is even that? Well, DB2Bets is our sports betting show that is powered by Betstamp. We use the Betstamp app to find the best odds available across all different sports books. And be sure to tune in every Friday and follow along with our picks. Or don't use our picks. Do the opposite. It's your life. Make your own decisions. Just make sure you line shop and please gamble responsibly.